listening to Pubcast. Terrorists are winning. That's what Jay Moore says. Welcome to the Pubcast. Sit down and enjoy a pint. Hey, welcome to the Pubcast. And in this episode, Allison and Eric join me to uh, break down Raising Arizona, one of our favorite movies. And stay tuned to the second half of the episode where we do Recasturbate, uh, our segment where we recast the, uh, the movie with current actors. Uh, that's one where we have a lot of fun, and there's some interesting casting choices on that one. So, uh, and then stick around to see who wins the How Much Are They Worth game. So here we go with Raising Arizona. My name is H.I. McDonough. Call me high. Don't forget his profile, man. Turn to the right. What kind of name is Ed for a pretty thing like you? Short for Edwina. Turn to the right. You're a flower, you are. I do. You bet I do. Okay, then. Where's that baby? What? Are you kidding? We got us a family here. <laughs> This is um, Raising Arizona, the classic from 1987. Uh, so, the, okay, let's get into the plot. I cut out some of the things we've done in the past, so we're trying to streamline this thing a little bit. But here's the plot of the movie as of, or per IMDb. When a childless couple of an ex-con and an ex-cop decide to help themselves to one another, no, help themselves to one of another family's quintuplets. Their lives become more complicated than they anticipated. Sounds pretty cut and dried there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Eric, w- what's your impression of Raising Arizona? When did you see it? What was your reaction to it? I mean, I, I can, like my, the, I distinctly remember it being seemingly on the, the commercials for it being on a loop on TV for the entire spring or summer when it came out. Like that, all, you, all you saw was, uh, all you heard was the theme song, which is fantastic. The, the banjo and then the, 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 the yodel, the yodel over it. Yeah. And then uh, Nick Cage's face with that mustache and that hair. Uh, I'm, that was on for the whole summer. I I remember nothing of the movie <laughs> coming out or being in, in theater. Wow. My first memory of the movie is I can't remember if it it was Allison's first Christmas coming home from college or her first summer coming home. Wow. Where 
she came back and she's like, we have to watch this movie. And we went out and rented it and we brought it home. And that's where I, so this was 92. Uh, 91, 91, depending on what month it was, it would have been fall of 91 or. Yeah. Either Christmas 91 or, or summer of 92. I feel it for some reason I'm thinking it was winter. So we, um, we rented it from the, uh, mom and pop video store in Hartford. Yes. It's been a blockbuster yet. Um, and brought her home, and that's the first it, time. It I wasn't a blockbuster it. yet. Wow. Well, Hartford didn't have a blockbuster yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's how old we are. Yeah. Or Hartford, um, Hartford is. Well, it's true. So ninety one, ninety two. I was um, fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. 15, 15, 15, 16. I think I saw it at about the same age, but it would have been in junior high or coming into freshman year in high yeah, school. Yeah, it came out in 86 or 87, I 87. think. Yeah. yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I know I saw it in the theater, but I don't have any like memories of going to it or it being a big deal like that. But I, just, I remember it just being constantly on TV, like seemingly for the entire year. You couldn't get away from that song. I, yeah, get away from I, that song. I, I have a vague recollection of the trailers being played on television yeah. and having watched the trailer the other night I was like, Oh yeah, I do remember that, but I don't think I got it. Like I, it wasn't like a movie that I get the movie when you saw it the first time. Like, no, watching the trailers. Like I wasn't like, I need to go see this movie. It was like, I just didn't quite understand it. It was insanity. So this is the Coen brothers second movie. Yes. And so how, how do I put this? Is this the most Coen Brothers movie of all their movies? <laughs> it might be. I'm not sure it is, but it might be. It's pretty close. It's so weird and quirky and you know, yeah. Um, I think you can argue the that the characters are so extreme. Saying, their secondary and tertiary characters are so memorable, and that's what you know, so many of their movies have that sort of stuff. Right. That this is like the blueprint for all their movies after this. It seems like. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, you, you can see watching like their other um, most popular movies like Fargo and, and right. The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Raising Arizona is the blueprint for those types yeah. of movies. What was their first be. one? Blood Simple. Blood Simple. I have not I'm, seen it. Couldn't be, couldn't be more different. Really? Yeah. It's, it's, I think I read somewhere that when they went, set their minds on making Raising Arizona, that they tried to make the exact opposite. Right. <laughs> and right, it's, right. And it's very much, they were pretty darn close they to succeeded. pulling it off. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. So, Raising Arizona, uh, I think we can all say it's a pretty well-received movie all around, right? What do you think the Rotten Tomato scores are for this thing? <laughs> Audience score and critic score. I mean, I don't know that I know many people that hate it. Uh, lots of people love it, and 
you know, people who don't love it are like, yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's whatever. But I don't, <laughs> I don't hear people saying, oh, I can't stand that movie. I'm going to say 72. Right. We're talking critic Rotten Tomato score. Uh, let's go with the. I was it, going audience. Let's score. go audience first. Yeah, I went audience score. Audience score. Eighty four. Wow, audience score was eighty five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So, what's the critic score for this quirky thing? I'm going to say the same number, seventy two. Wow. Um. Seventy-seven. Critic score of ninety-one percent. Wow, really? I think this is our second or third movie in a row where we have had the critics outscoring the audience, which is not the way it normally is. No. Yeah, agreed. Because yeah, that's that's my metric every time we've done this. Where I, well, I thought like, okay, well, people like it, but critics always like it less yeah and that's where i get my number from but yeah it's, 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 it's going to be like 12 to 15 percent lower than percentage points lower yeah I, I can't imagine i mean something like this but then again crazy? this is such a quirky movie and so i can see why critics i can like see it. today's critics giving it more of a score but if you know if this incorporates i think you know critic scores of the time right um I would have thought it would have been lower, so I don't know. I, this, that baffles me. Uh, so this bu- this movie had a budget of just over $5 million and made $29 million worldwide. 22 of that was domestic. It, was, it did almost nothing internationally. Yeah. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Big shocker. Hmm. What? I'm just, hmm. it seems, is that just box office or is that yeah. like all... Yeah, like this, revenue. This doesn't count like uh, VHS, DVDs, digital purchases, stuff. or anything like that. No. Okay. This is just right. uh, in the theater. Then that sounds right. Yeah. And them's is eighty-seven dollars, nineteen eighty-seven. So, you know, that's like two billion dollars today. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so this movie, as far as I could tell, was nominated for zero Oscars. Shocking. Uh, Here's the, just for shits and giggles, here's the rundown of the best picture and best actor uh, for that year. That year. Okay. Best picture nominees Children of a Lesser God, mm-hmm. Hannah and Her Sisters, mm-hmm. The Mission, I don't know what that is, <laughs> A Room with a View, and oh, yeah. Platoon. I just watched that movie, A Room with a View. Which one do you think won? It was Platoon, wasn't it? Yeah. Platoon one, yeah. yeah. Best actor was Dexter Gordon for Round Midnight. Bob Hoskins for Mona Lisa. Wow. Uh, William Hurt for Children of a Lesser God. Uh, James Woods for Salvador. And Paul Newman for The Color of Money. It's Paul Newman. Paulie Newman wins for Color of Money, of course. So, yeah, this thing had no chance of any getting anything in any of these award shows. So, uh, big shock, but, uh, I like to, I like to see Put sort of context, what the yeah. era of that yeah, thing is. The, uh, Great when you look at, uh, the Oscars in any given year, like something, something like this, it's like, what, those were the best movies. Like, yeah, 
okay, <laughs> fine. But then you go, some of the ones like in 92 or whatever, you'll have like a murderer's row of Oscar contenders where you have like uh, Goodfellas versus Silence of the Lambs versus whoever. Dances with Wolves and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, Goodfellas lost to Dances with Wolves. Dances with Wolves. Right. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, okay. Fun facts about uh, Raising Arizona. It is set, from what I can tell, I don't think it's ever, ever stated overtly, but it's set in a fictionalized Tempe, Arizona, it appears. Um, so Nicholas Cage, uh, he sort of helped stylize his character. He loved the Woody Woodpecker haircut, as he called it, apparently. And I guess it's as the... the well, as the more the, as he had more problems and got into more trouble, his hair would get wilder and wilder. As you can I mean, right. all see the movie, it's out of control. So the tattoo on his arm is not Woody Woodpecker. I looked it up. Uh, it is a bird tattoo that was originally the logo of Clay Smith, Case Clay Smith Cams in nineteen the nineteen fifties, a company making high performance engine parts. Hmm. Uh, I think the original uh, bird was like chomping a cigar or something, but they, that wasn't in his tattoo. Um, and, and the name of that character, I guess, that logo was Mr. Horsepower. <laughs> 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 so, so uh, yeah, it's not. Interesting. I, I always thought it was Woody Woodpecker. Too. I didn't. Yeah. It has to be. It, it maybe they're. I always thought it was like the older Woody Woodpecker. Yeah, if you look like the classic one. If you look up this. Mr. Horsepower for uh, Clay Smith cams. Uh, you'll see that exact bird uh, with the bent beak and the whole thing. Um, okay, so Francis McDermott, who McDermott. plays mm-hmm. McDermott, plays Dot, right? Yep. Dottie. Uh, and Holly Hunter were roommates at the Yale School of Drama in 1982. Oh, that's an interesting bit of trivia. And uh, Francis married one of the Cohen brothers. I can't remember which one. Ethan, maybe? I don't know. Uh, my favorite guy, Randall Tex Cobb. Uh, apparently, he, coming into the movie, did not know how to ride a motorcycle. And had all kinds of problems. <laughs> when he rides up to... Remember uh, when the Gail and Everill... Everett, Everill, uh, when they come out of the mud and there's a hole in the mud and whatever, right. they, they come, they crawl out of it and the hole's left. And then later on in the movie, he rides up to the hole and sort of sniffs and looks around. Apparently, he rode and rode right to the hole. <laughs> straight to the hole. <laughs> on his motorcycle. He couldn't stop. He had no idea how to ride oh a motorcycle. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> that's, that's the take I want to see. Yeah. Rain yeah, I mean, Hex Cobb falling into a muddy hole on his motorcycle. Blooper. Yeah. Eric, did you ever see the fight he was in with uh, Larry Holmes? Can't say that I did, no. I remember seeing it on TV when it was happening in, let's say, 83, something like that. Um, it was the bloodiest, most ridiculous fight you, you'll ever see. Because it, like it was like a Rocky fight where 
text cob was just blocking every punch with his face and he just his face became a bloody mess of just hamburger it was i mean it was going down his body it was all over larry holmes all over their gloves he was a like beat to a pulp but he would never go down wow. <laughs> he was a horrible horrible boxer oh my goodness <laughs> well the the entire fight is on youtube so i'll have to check that out later oh yeah i mean that's how i remember it and i'm going to stick to it but uh uh, I remember seeing that on TV. I'm like, ooh, boxing me. That's uh, that's like the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be a <laughs> Um HI's work uniform logo, uh, the logo on his uniform, shows he works for Hudsucker Industries, which Hudsucker Industries is the setting of the Coen Brothers' next movie or very soon after this movie. Uh, they did the Hudsucker Proxy. Mm-hmm. So they sort of put a nod to their other movie. I think they wanted to do that movie first, but didn't have the budget or the wherewithal to get that done. So they did this, this one first. And then with that money, built up some cash and whatever to make that hmm. sucker. So there's a little bit of a, a Coen Brothers extended universe <laughs> theory going on there. <laughs> Great. <laughs> uh, Leonard Smalls. Mm-hmm. Tex Cobb's character is named after Lenny Small, one of the two main characters of the book and play of Mice and Men. Right. I did not know that because I have not read or seen anything with Mice and Men. Wow. <laughs> mm. So that was news to me. Uh, okay, this one feels like a stretch, but let me see what you guys think about this one. So at the beginning, when Nick Cage's character, Hi, H.I., is um, talking to the prison counselors, one of them apparently is wearing a chai on his necklace, C-H-A-I, chai necklace, okay. or chai on his necklace, whatever. Apparently chai, C-H-A-I, is a Hebrew word and symbol that means life. And pronounced in English, it's high. So this is saying that Nicholas's, Nicholas's, Nick Cage's character, H.I., is sort of based on this chai high. It means life. It's, it's some sort of metaphor. Yeah, that's what that I thought. Feels like, that feels that like someone. feels like somebody, it's like a fan theory. Yeah. It does not feel like. It's some like, sort of film student trying to find meaning in everything yeah exactly there's no way this is happening in 1987 on their second movie uh what is high's first name herbert that's right what's his middle name i have no idea i'd like it just to be irving or something like that herbert irv ignatius I'm trying to remember if it, they even say it. No, I don't think they do. Yeah, I don't remember them ever saying it. So the bank that they go to, that they rob, uh, that uh, that uh, Gail and Everill, is Everill, right? Evel. Evel, uh Rob is the, the Farmers and Mechanics Bank. And apparently that is a real bank, not that physical one, but that there is a real, real one in the Coen Brothers' hometown of Minneapolis. Hmm. That doesn't really mean anything, but great. 
Um, the shot where Evel and Gail stop right before they're in the car, and they right before they hit the uh, they're about to hit the baby, they stop right behind them. Uh, that was filmed in reverse. So they yeah, that makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. I like to think they weren't driving a car towards a baby. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was '87, so who knows? But yeah. <laughs> Okay, here's one. I think they had. I think they had over-the-shoulder seatbelts by then. So I think that's when that was really you know, the big old station point. wagons. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, so here's another theory. This might not. I've seen this in multiple places, so it's got a little more credence. But we'll see. It's not a, not a theory, but it's a somebody noticed this. Uh, you know, when they put the baby on top of the car and they they lose him the first time. Right. Apparently. I mean, we'll do this movie later on, and we've all seen this, but uh, in Big Lebowski, John Goodman's character puts the dog on top of the car in the carrier as an homage to his character putting the baby on top of the car in the carrier. Mm. Bit of a stretch, but okay, fine. Yeah. Small things. So I, now we're into the casting issues casting trivia i didn't find a lot on this movie i don't know if you guys saw anything interesting eric i know you do some research on this stuff but one thing i did see or no yeah this is not something i saw i saw in the research but i saw in the movie when alice and i were watching it so when uh nathan arizona is being told by the fbi uh what they're doing to try to find his kid the the fbi guy in the middle eric is the he's the undertaker is the undertaker from (laughs) who talks about you know uh it's our most modestly priced receptacle right i we we were watching that and i was looking at my phone and i heard his voice i had to stop the movie and stopped and rewind and he's like just listen listen to his voice it's the exact same guy and nailed it yeah how did you know that i i don't know a few years ago i remember watch watching raising arizona and i recognized him christ you can't stump him i thought i i thought i had a, a new one there uh, okay, here's some casting stuff. I only have three items, but uh, uh, maybe we can add to them. Uh, who was almost cast? Apparently, Kevin Costner auditioned three times to play H.I. Really? Mm, yeah, he wouldn't have... Uh, no. Young he's not, he doesn't, he doesn't. He's not crazy enough. Mm. No, no, no. He's I, not that kind of comedic actor. How many... Do you think there are... How many roles do you think Kevin Costner and Nick Cage both auditioned for? <laughs> this is the only place where they overlap, right? There's no way. They're yeah. different people. They're way different actors. Uh, apparently, Kate Capshaw turned down the role of Ed, Edwina. Hmm. Kate Capshaw? I don't know if that would work. Yeah, that's, that's good that she turned it down. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, she was riding high on Temple of Doom at that point, yeah. so... Yeah. Huh. Yeah, can you see her from Temple of Doom being dead? No. no way. No. No, absolutely not. No. Um, so going back to 
Francis McDormand and uh, McDormand and Holly Hunter. Uh, I guess Holly Hunter was the Cohen's first choice for the leading lady in Blood Simple, but she couldn't do it. And then Holly Hunter recommended her roommate, Francis, who got the part hmm. and then ended up marrying one of the Cohen brothers. And I think Francis then recommended Holly to audition for Ed as well. I think there's some sort of, like they're, they're just passing around roles to friends, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Did you see anything else, Eric? That's all I could see for casting stuff. Um, well, that's all I remember. Uh, as you're reading them off, I, I remember reading them myself after yeah. watching the movie, but I cannot think of anything else. No, it must have been uneventful or, you know, this was... Or this type of stuff wasn't really documented. Right, it was a long time ago, so there's not great stories about it. So, all right. Now, everyone's favorite. We've all been waiting for. I think there's a lot of excitement about this one in particular. Uh, recast or bait. It's a recasting debate. Uh, for those that are playing along at home, this is where we recast a, an older movie. This one's from 87. Uh, with today's actors. Who could... Who could do this movie today? Or who would, who would we want to see in these roles today? Right? Okay. I can go first. Or does anybody else want to go first? So I've got a pretty good list. I've got a couple of holes, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'll go first. Ah, there we go. All right. Um, so for my H.I. McDonough, I, it, I thought... It, thought about it for a little while and then as soon as i thought of this person i couldn't not think of them doing it and it's my only is really my only real true choice i'm betting you have the same person i have Hmm, okay go ahead um my h.i mcdonough is ryan gosling no that's That's that is not who i have but that's my number two I have I have him on mine yeah. my list too. I had two backups, but he was mine. Yeah. Um, my number two for sure. I had a, I, I had a much harder time with Ed, and I don't. I'm I bounce around a couple of different places. I'm still not totally satisfied, but I thought maybe Saoirse Ronan. I considered her as well. That's I, a good one. I, I scratched her yeah. off my list, but I considered that. Sure. Yeah. I I, I was bounce around with like Anne Hathaway and Margot Robbie and others. And it just, and none of them, nobody seemed right to me. Yeah. But Saoirse Ronan was the closest I could get, I, I guess. Um, as an alternate though, um, in a different universe, I might consider as my high and Ed, uh, <laughs> this is going to be weird, but Terry Crews and Kerry Washington. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, we're gonna have to come up with a different thing than the hair it's a very different <laughs> yeah. high. oh that's good though um for my nathan arizona hey, hang, on, hang on a second okay i want right. to sort of live in this moment of terry cruz as high for a minute so terry cruz is high who's your leonard smalls 
Who's the big biker that's taking him down? Jason Momoa. Oh my god. Oh, that's a good one. I have, I have him on my one. list as well. Oh, I I don't, but that's a good one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, my Nathan Arizona. Uh, I kind of settled on Charlie Day. Oh, that's actually really good. That's good. Damn it. Um, my, uh, Gail and Evel are, uh, Danny McBride and Jonah Hill. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I had Danny McBride on my Damn list. Damn it. Too. I didn't, how could I not <laughs> think of that guy? <laughs> Of course, it's Danny McBride. God damn it! <laughs> and who was who did you have as uh, Evel? Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Oh, yeah, I'm writing. Um, I can't believe I fucking didn't write it down. <laughs> and then uh, to finish it off for my Glenn and Dot, I have uh, Jason Sudeikis and Kate McKinnon. Yeah. I had Kate McKinnon as dot. As one of my dots, yeah. I, I'm I, I I have nothing to say about those two. That's I think that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I think that I don't know that I could think of two better ones. Oh, I think I've got two. Well, let me go through mine because I don't have a dot in a uh, Glenn. Glenn. So I'm just gonna go with Eric's. Um, so here are mine. Uh, so H I. I had Ryan Gosling in number two. He would have been number one until I thought of this guy. And then this is my number one with a bullet. Uh, Thomas Middleditch. I don't know who that is. Who is that? Eric. Um, shoot. He's from Silicon Valley on HBO. The lead guy. I'm going on... Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> that is good. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> he's also good. a comedian. Yeah, so yeah. That. That's so good. He, I think he's my HI, and I think it's, that's it's, good. it's an easy that's way. That's good. Out. Yeah, that's good. Ryan Gosling, perfectly fine. Uh, Ed, I had nobody for a while, and then I had a bunch of people that came to mind. So I think my number one, this could really be in any, any order. The first couple could be in any order. Number one, Anna Kendrick. Oh, yeah. That's good. Okay. She might be a little too... I don't know. Might be all right. Number two, Ellen Page. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three and four, mm, This is, uh, we're, I don't know if that's going to work. Uh, Brie Larson. For what? For Ed. Yeah, I had, that's why. Brie I Larson. Yeah. And okay. I thought if you, depending, this is a different Ed, but uh, Kristen Stewart. Hmm. I know. Hmm. I don't know that it works, but uh, she rounds out my four. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Uh, Gail, I wish I said Danny McBride. I'm, that's, <laughs> that's really a problem that I missed that. Uh, I went with Seth Rogen as uh-huh. an option. Yep. The one I like, though, I think is Jack Black. Oh, I thought of him, but I yeah. didn't put him on the list. Yeah. Uh, I think it's Danny McBride's to lose. Right. I mean, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, Evel, Jonah Hill was my thing. 
or maybe Owen Wilson. So if you want like a Jack Black and Owen Wilson, that could work. Danny McBride and Owen Wilson could work. Um, Nathan Arizona. I think this is my favorite one. <laughs> okay. Hey, <laughs> I think he's he's sneakily my favorite character in the movie. Uh-huh. He's so over the top. Uh, Nathan Arizona, Keenan Thompson. Oh yeah. I think that's. Oh yeah. That's a nice little, <laughs> nice little. Uh, Yep. Uh, smiley Keenan Thompson in there. <laughs> uh, Leonard Smalls. I had Jason Momoa as number two, um, but he's definitely not my number one. Number one, uh, just for our group, and it's almost an inside joke at this point, but Tom Hardy. Oh, yeah, that's who I had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those listening that don't get the laughter uh we have a long running thing that uh tom hardy is the person in hollywood or the the actor or the person on the planet that gives the least fucks about anything (laughs) and so i mean if you look at the roles he takes the way he acts the voices he puts on uh, just watch that fucking capone movie he's a lunatic uh he does not give a fuck about anything. So him as Leonard Smalls would be fantastic. Right. I think. Totally agree. I had a, a late contender that I threw on that I thought of an hour ago. And this one actually works with your Terry Crews. Uh, if, if Terry Crews is HI, this is your Leonard Smalls. And it's Shaq. I want, <laughs> I want Shaq as Leonard Smalls. I want him as the big biker. <laughs> Oh my God, he's so great! Come on, that's a giant that's, motorcycle. Oh yeah, yeah. It'd be a three wheeler hog. Like a, oh yeah, one of those big a trike, like the tricycle. Yeah. That even better because you know the little baby shoes <laughs> hanging off. Baby shoes, they'd be like size fifteen. <laughs> uh, so I think that works. I got nobody for Dot and Glenn, so I'm going with uh, Eric's, and that's my list. Got it. All right, so um, I mentioned some of the ones that um, have already been said that I had. Uh, I did have Ryan Gosling on my list. Um, two others that I had were Bill Hader. Oh, I thought about him. And then kind of a sneaky one, but I, I do really like him, is Mikey Day from Saturday yeah. Night Live. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That's not bad. Um, for Ed, I had Brie Larson, and I also had Emma Stone. Consider her, too. I thought about Emma Stone, but I didn't think about Brie Larson until you guys mentioned her, and I, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I think she's versatile enough that she can pull that off. I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, Lynn, I keep laughing at the idea of this Glenn. guy doing it because he – he sort of played this kind of character before, That's but it's good. so good. Is John Hamm? Oh yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's good. The backup is good. is Bobby Cannavale. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. But John Hamm, I think, really. I like the John Hamm. He is. Yeah, I like John Hamm. He works. Um, I think Sudeikis is a is right in there too. But sure, yeah. okay. 
Um, I had Kate McKinnon for Dot, but I also had particularly because of the John Hamm of Chris and Wig. Uh-huh. Yeah, fine. Dot. Put those together. I like those <laughs> together. I like yours two together, and I like Eric's together. Yeah, you, those pairs work. Yeah. So for Gail, um, I also had Danny McBride as my number one. God damn it. My number two was Chris Pratt. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Harkening back to Parks and Rec. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. For my Avil, um, (laughs) I had three. Um, I had Michael Sarah. (laughs) I I thought I needed to to hold it this time. Um, Giovanni Rubisi. Oh, my God. Wow. I like that. And Andy Samberg. Oh, wow. (laughs) I like that one the best, I think. Yeah, I like Andy Samberg. Um, My Nathan Arizona. I have two, and I I like them both, but um, I'm not not 100% certain. So kind of keeping with kind of the same role – Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I also put Leslie Jones playing that part. I don't. Maybe. As it's. She's the store owner. She's, she's the one that had so, all the kids. She obviously is the big and loud part she has. I think so. I think that works. So, I, I, like I said, I'm not sure. For Smalls, I had Tom Hardy was like, <laughs> that was my first thought, and that's brilliant. I, and I could I not done. stop. I could not stop laughing <laughs> every time I thought of it. I'm like, oh my god, it's so great! But it's so obvious. Yeah. Um, the other one I had was Jason Statham. <laughs> yeah, he would he would uh, he would nail the karate kick part of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we better than Tex Cobb did. The, the transporter. Yeah. All right, I think that's a good that's a good group. Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy does not give a <laughs> Tom Hardy. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm so really mad I'm really so, in, as well. as mad as Brendan is about not thinking of Danny McBride, that's how mad I am I'm not thinking of right. Tom Hardy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm really enjoying my shack as uh <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite thing, I think. So funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Here we are at memorable lines, quotable lines, memorable scenes, whatever. There's tons oh, of them. Kevin. Yeah. So there's, I don't know that there's a standout quote that when you say it, everyone automatically knows. But if you know the movie, you know the quotes. It's sort of that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. There is no, uh, there is no uh, box of chocolates in this one. Like you can't just say one thing, and like everyone would know. But uh, the one that stands out that's closest to that would be, "Give me that baby, you warthog from hell," right? I think that's the only that's the biggest one that people would know. The most famous one people would know that was in the trailer. No, you're looking at me like I'm. I'm- I don't know. You would have, if you would have given me 20 no? other quotes, I would not have thought of that. It's in, but, every, it's in every commercial. And I know. I'm, no? I, 
I know. Maybe it's because it's not one that I like. I don't like it either, but it's, it's I'm, I know. It's I'm just memorable I'm, because it's in the commercials. Okay. Yeah, oh. I, my my brain didn't go there either. Yeah. All right. We we are all fighting. <laughs> uh, so I wrote down a few, but there's honestly so many that it's it, this could be a long list. Okay, then. Right. Is a good one. Of course. I like that. Um, this is, I think, my favorite uh, line and response in the whole movie. But I don't know that it that people who don't know this movie don't know it for sure. Uh, talking about the balloons, do, do these blow up into funny shapes and all? <laughs> well, no, unless round wow. is funny. <laughs> That's fantastic. Circular. Circular. Uh, Son, you got a panty on your head. That's great. That's great. It's so good. Uh, I'll be taking these huggies and whatever cash you got. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be taking these huggies and uh, whatever cash you got. Uh, I'm waiting. For, there's one in particular I'm waiting for. There's what's what. There's what's right, and there's what's right, and the never of the twain shall meet. Right. That's a good one. That's a classic Nick Cage mm-hmm. one, I think. Um, uh, all right, you hayseeds, it's, it's a stick up. Everybody freeze. Everybody down on the on the ground. Well, which is it, young feller? You want I should freeze or I should get down on the ground? <laughs> That's good. Uh, okay, then was my favorite of that bunch, but I don't know if everybody would know that. Uh, what do you think, Eric? What do you have? The one that I'm thinking of, and I feel like. When you say it, that's where people oh good know is what's he need is Diptet? Yeah. <laughs> really? You think that's the one that is the <laughs> that's the uh, hallmark of this movie? Is the uh, I'm trying to get his Diptet? <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's a, I feel like that's a. Rec- I hear more jokes about that quote than any other. I think. Wow! All right, I'm in. That's good. Do you have one album? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, I do, of course, like, um, and when there were no crawdads, we ate sand. Oh, damn, I didn't write that one down. (laughs) That that might be the one, too. Yeah. We ate sand. We ate sand? Fuck. There's also uh, recidivism, repeat offender. (laughs) Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That's good. Or I do like the dot reaction of. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> He's an angel. Good lord. Where's that baby? Where's he at? Go find him, honey. <laughs> Cut it out, Glenn. He's asleep right now. Oh shit! I hope we didn't wake it. Can I just sneak a peekaloo? Come on, kid. Get away from Mr. McDonough's car. What's his name? Uh, uh, hi, um, hi, Junior, till we think of a better one. Well, why don't you call him Jason? I just love biblical names. If I had another little boy, I would name him Jason Caleb or Tab. Oh, he's an angel. He's an angel straight from heaven. No, honey. I had all my kids the hard way. You just got to tell me how you got this little angel. What do you do? Just fly straight down from heaven. Well, you're going to send them to Arizona State. 
Or just um, Ed. I love him so much. How have, how have I not said that? It's, I've only said that like a thousand times in the last two years. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Uh, <clears throat> would this movie work today? If it came out today, would it work? Uh, I think, yes, of course. Easy. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's the right kind of quirky that I think it works better today. Right. Know? It's not so it's not so original and so foreign that people wouldn't get behind it. But okay, I think that's a different take of your question know, about this than the other shows that we've done. Oh, yeah. It's really I'm, been more about how does this. I'm consistently inconsistent. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah, is, is it would the movie work today or would the plot or story work today, right? Right. I think previously I'd done the plot or story. I don't know. I, th- I mean, the, answer, story the, the answer doesn't change, but it, yeah, yeah. when you no, were expounding on your response, I was like, wow, that's yeah. that's a different way of... I'll have to... This. Maybe those are two separate questions. Uh, one about... Like, would it be well-received versus yeah. can it be, the plot be yeah. redone yeah. today? Because obviously, st- stealing a baby works, it's timeless, really. <laughs> you can do that anytime. Uh, what would you want to see in a sequel? Well, I want the spinoff of Gail and Evel. That's the only answer. It has oh, to that's be, good. Right? Or the prequel of that, like, well, it's, yeah, yeah. or even the prequel of of HI of really all of his shenanigans and meeting those guys and <laughs> yes, yeah, you know, like yeah. how did they get connected? I think it already exists and it's called Shawshank. <laughs> HI is Annie Dufresne. Dufresne. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think I don't uh, think Andy Dufresne had a panty. I said. <laughs> You never know. Uh, yeah, I think I, I wrote down, I want to see what happens to Gail and Ethel. Like, I don't know what other story you can do from this. Nathan, Arizona and the, and the Quince. Yeah. Glenn and Dot. No. Yeah, I think it's got to be Gail and Ethel. Gail and Dot is just like a, um, Gail and Dot. Uh, Glenn and Dot is, that's like a sitcom. That's yeah. like a. Yeah. You talk, are we going to talk about favorite scenes or anything like that? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, speaking of Glenn and Dot, those two rolling up with all those kids and the exchange between uh, H.I. and Glenn with the kid writing fart on the wall is like that whole sequence. And then throwing the... He throws the peanuts or whatever peanuts. it is at, the, at that child is... Get down, boy. Whatever he says. And the, yeah, the, or hit the deck or whatever he says. Hit the deck. Hit the deck. That's right. It's and so the, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. I, and my favorite part in that scene is when they break something. There's like the glass breaking in the background, and Glenn just says, <laughs> Mind you don't cut yourself, Mordecai. <laughs> I love the name Mordecai in anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> <laughs> that's great um Mordecai. oh my god 
those babies running around with him. They're all over me. Yeah. The inexperienced guy just take, taking all the kids out of the crib and they all just God. are on the move and he can't control them. Yeah. <laughs> um, the chase sequence with the huggies and like he's like yeah. running through the yeah. uh, first of all when, when the windshield shot out and he slams on the brakes and high goes flying <laughs> through the windshield <laughs> yep. and, and, and then when it carries on into the grocery store and high throws the huggies at the cop yeah. who knocks him off balance backwards and then gets taken up by the shopping cart coming cross it's aisle like- a sneaky good car chase or yeah. chase scene. I like the yeah. dog element added to it yeah. where the Doberman's yeah. running with the peg dragged <clears throat> behind him and all the other dogs join in. It's really good. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty good. And he's giving her directions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everything's changed. Son, you got a panty on your head. <laughs> We're set to pop your honey. <laughs> yeah, I got the best one. Here's the instructions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good, too. Oh, yeah, the recurring joke with the uh, Dr. Spock book. It's yeah. Right. Oh, uh, one of the things that I love getting back to Leonard Smalls is no matter where he goes... He wa- he could walk into a room and just find the one piece of information with the one clue. Yeah, yeah. He could walk right up to it. Even like when the house is trashed, he just walks into one corner, brushes a bunch of stuff away, and just picks up the advertisement for the bank. <laughs> and he no. exactly where he, and that's he knows exactly that where he needs to go. It's a the torn piece of newspaper he picks up. Like some say I've heard blood him. <laughs> oh my god. Shaq as Leonard Smalls. It's the greatest thing ever. Oh, no, I got Yoda's and shit on him. <laughs> it's wearing his damn jammies. It's on it's a $500 camel's hair coat. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stevie, you might want to wash your hands at this point. Uh. <laughs> There's so much rage. <laughs> All right, let's do how much are they worth game. All right. And now let's play the how much are they worth game. There are limited choices here. I was trying to add a couple people here, different characters here and there. Uh, I forget who it was I was trying to add, but they weren't on the site. You couldn't find them. So Okay. Uh, I just picked five prominent characters. Right. First of all, Randall Tex Cobb. Oh my god. <laughs> he's on. Ugh. He's on there. I, I have seen him show up, but I don't know what his number is. He appeared in this. He appeared in Ace Ventura. All right. I'm I got sure a couple movies here and there. He was the Naked Gun, thirty-three and a third. He yeah. Was a- Jail. He was in uh, Golden Child. He was the. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Just, you remember that? 
like, eh, I, now that you say it, like, yep, that's definitely him. Dopey dude. Yep. And he had a boxing career, apparently, where he got right. his face pummeled. Uh, I think I have a number. I have a number. I have a number, too. Uh, I've got, I say two, two million. Okay. And I think that, that might even be high. I have 1.25. Oh, my God. I had 1.5. Oh, my God. Randall Tex Cobb has a net worth <laughs> of $1 million. Wow. Ah. So me? So you. Whee! Wow. All right. Here, I got to type this in. William Forsyth. Mm. Everill. I'll give him three. Whoa. Wait, was, hang on. I don't. Son. I have no idea. He's been in a good handful of movies. He's in more than you think. I'll say I've got a number. Uh, Eric says three. I say five million. That's what I was going to say. Houston says five. Damn it. Uh, William Forsythe, ooh, is an American actor who has a net worth of $8 million. Huh. Okay. Allison gets that. Damn it. I get it too. John Goodman. Mm. We know good old Johnny. A lot of Roseanne money. A lot of Roseanne movie money. Yeah. And so many movies, too. Yeah. yeah. A lot of uh, um, Revenge, of the, Re- Revenge of the Nerds money. <laughs> a lot of uh, King Ralph money. King Ralph. Oh ba- babe, the Babe Ruth movie. Well, what was that? Was oh, yeah. The Babe or something like that. And it was like Fred Flintstone. Fred Flintstone. All right, I've got a number. Okay, I'm thinking here. I don't know that he has any sort of uh, like a production company and he's behind anything. Uh, I think he's just an actor. But um, around forever. All right, Al, what's your number? 87. Shit, I am way off. Eric, what do you got? I was going to say 45. I said 25. Damn it, I, I might be high. I thought mine was low. John Goodman has a net worth of $65 million. Yeah. So Eric is Ugh. closest by two million. Giant by a smidge. This is a horse race. One for you, one for me, two for Al. All right. uh, Holly Hunter. This is uh, just of note. This is one of, if not the most hated actress of one of our podcast participants, one of our regulars. And uh, he hates Holly Hunter with a passion. I'm not sure. 
why. I don't know why. Uh, I'm perfectly fine with her. I don't. Who is this? Uh, Mike Cross. He hates Holly Hunter in every possible way. It appears. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I gotta write down a number. Hmm. So John Goodman was sixty-five. Trying to think what she's. I don't know. I don't. I can't think of her big movies. Really, a couple here and there. She won an Oscar for the piano. Mm-hmm. Best supporting. Yeah. Best actress. That's the one where oh, she really? was. Yeah. She. And really? I have. I, I had her down. She, as, didn't even, she didn't speak through the whole movie. I thought I, I wrote uh, uh, I did a podcast a while ago. I thought I had her down as um, the actress most likely to win who hasn't won yet. Hmm. I could be wrong. I mean, obviously, you're wrong about that. Wow. Uh, I, I've got a number. Do you have a number, Eric? <clears throat> um, Holly Hunter. She was on a t- she had a long running TV show. She was like a lawyer or something. Allie McBeal? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I will go, I will say 40. Damn it, Eric. I think I overshot. What would you say, 42? I was going to have 40 as well. Yeah. 40 for you guys, 51 for me. Mm. Holly Hunter has a net worth of fourteen million. Really? Yeah. Really? You both actually win that. I know, but mm. low. That does. I don't low. like that for her. Yeah, that's low. Too low. I don't believe that at all. I don't. I think my number is ridiculous, but uh, I think it, put her in the twenties somewhere. I bet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And finally, uh, H.I. himself, yeah. Nick Cage. Can there be a negative number? Yeah, this, this is, yeah, this is a tough one. Is this how much money he has? Or are we asking how much he has or how much he should have? We are asking <laughs> what the website celebritynetworth.com says he has as of today. Right, I don't you. know what their formula is. I don't know how much they <laughs> incorporate tax issues or divorces or I don't know any of that. Because that would swing the number dramatically. Yeah. There's I think uh, just based on the, the real estate market he's done in the past 10 years, I think he's paid off that stuff but who knows? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. <laughs> His what was the um, uh, get in the cage with Andy Samberg who's cloning Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cloning experiment came to fruition, and he was able to have two Nicolas Cages that could be in every movie ever released. Yes. <laughs> uh, I have a number, and I have no confidence in it. Yeah, I have a number, too. You have a number? Uh, Eric, do you have a number? 
Uh, yes, I have a number. I'll go twenty million, just out of nowhere. Don't you? No, I, I, I'm with you. I didn't. That's not the number I had. No, what do you have? Twenty-five. Oh, I had, I had fifty. Whoa. He could. Uh, all of these are. If you if you said one million or zero, we could all be right too. Because. Uh, yeah. I don't know how this is. What this includes. Okay, so it says his net worth at one time was much higher, easily over a hundred million. Right. After earning at least two hundred million from movie salaries alone. Wow. Blah blah blah. Okay. Oh oh. I'm gonna read this now. Nicholas Cage forced to return $276,000 stolen dinosaur skull. I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. It's a T-Rex, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Uh, okay, Nicholas Cage has a net worth of $25 million. Ow, ow. Ah. So Al I, knew, wins I figured it. I figured money. his I win 5. Oh, right. Twice, right? Mm-hmm. I figured his gross earnings were going to be over two hundred million, and I thought, well, he he lost, you know, thinking he lost almost all of it, and figured like he netted, he still had twenty five percent of it left. That's why I said fifty, but he still only has ten percent of it. Ten percent of it. <laughs> wow, that's terrible. That's insane. I got to look into this. This is. 25 million. Uh, although he's going with a philosophy, you can't take it with you. So might as well. <laughs> well, he's paying, he's paying so many penalties though, too. Yeah. And he, and a lot of his, inv- a lot of his money was invested in real and in weight, he lost a ton. Between 96 and 2011 alone, Nick Cage earned more than $150 million from acting salaries. He earned $16 million for Snake Eyes, $20 for Gone in 60 Seconds, $20 for Wind Talkers, whatever, $20 for National <laughs> Treasure, National Treasure, $20 million, to him a few. Now, surprisingly, as his income went up, so did his spending habits. Uh, actually, <laughs> actually, to be fair... As his income increased, Nick's spending habits skyrocketed in bold print. Between 2000 and 2007, Nick went on a spending spree that would make the Sultan of Brunei blush. He purchases, or his purchases included 15 personal homes, including two castles, a $7 million private island in the Bahamas. $7 million for an island? Seems totally reasonable. <laughs> Uh, four luxury yachts, a fleet of exotic cars, $30 million private jet, dozens of pieces of art, jewels, and six, and a 67 million, a 67 million year old dinosaur skull that he had to give back apparently. (laughs) In 2009, the IRS filed the federal tax lien on the property they own in New Orleans. 
it was alleged that he had failed to pay over six point two million in federal income tax. Mm. Cage filed a twenty million dollar lawsuit against his business manager, accusing him of negligence and fraud. As of May two thousand seventeen, he was reportedly still paying off his debts. Wow, that's wow. terrible. But he had a lot of fun spending all that money, though. I guess so. Fifteen personal homes, two castles, two castles, two castles. Yeah, it includes two castles. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll big chunk of that list. There. He's got to have like weird <laughs> stuff in that in those castles. Well, too. yeah, when you like, buy a castle, you have to fill it with stuff. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah, a big chunk of that list was real estate. Yeah. Yeah, man. And cars and yachts and planes. Which real uh, estate and is fine. Dinosaur skull. <laughs> supposed to invest in, like, isn't... I guess those castles don't really uh, hold their value. Huh? Holy hell. Well, that's it for uh, Raising Arizona. Anything to add, Eric? Any... Can you wrap up? Or are you are we good? Um, no. But uh, other than that, was my that movie was my introduction to the Coen Brothers. Yeah, that was the first Coen Brothers movie I saw. We've got a few other Coen Brothers movies on our list, uh, specifically Fargo and Big Lebowski, and I'm sure we'll add others. But mm-hmm. uh, we hit we'll hit both of those I think pretty soon. So. Well, this mo- this movie, I still um, giggle throughout it. Like I, I look forward to certain scenes it or totally certain holds quotes, up. and mm-hmm. um, just it's it's a great movie, and the characters are funny and well done, and um, I, 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 it's a great movie. I love it. Yeah, there. Yeah, on that there isn't like. The joke, there's nothing that dates the jokes. It's funny no matter what. I just realized I do have a casting problem. Oh. And I never understood it. Casting problem. Okay. And I, it's about a non-character, but it bothered me all the time <laughs> from the get-go. And that was the Nathan Arizona's wife. Like I didn't understand her. Look. I did read something and about it, it. It throws me off every time I watch this movie. I forget what it was. I don't know if you remember, Eric. There was something about it. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Yeah. I. She seemed to. I remember. There's the scene where the the steady cam goes up the ladder and she's yep. screaming. Looking at her there, she does not look like the same person. <laughs> I think like, that was an homage to an older movie. I forget. Like, it was a very similar shot to something they'd seen before. I forget what it was. Right. But looking at her, and her in that shot screaming, she does not look like the same woman that was sitting in the chair earlier. No, yeah. No. She just doesn't look like the same person. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I, I just never understood that casting choice. Well, I look forward to uh, recasting and reshooting this movie with Ryan Gosling and Shaq. So I just, <laughs> <laughs> and Danny McBride. And Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Fantastic. And Tom Hardy. Well, Shaq takes over the Tom Hardy role. 
Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Throw, throw Tom Hardy in the I'm scale. so... I'm with you, but I'm also... It might be almost moves. too over the top. <laughs> it's almost too I over know. the top. I know, I know. Yeah. I know. I like Tom Yeah, has Shaq... Uh, Shaq has yet to recover from Kazam. Right. That's to exactly right. redeem his film career. No, he's he's done. All right, let's call it a wrap. We're Midwest goodbying this uh, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out, podcast. Yeah.